It's time for JT the Brick. What the hell's going on out there? It's the calm before the Tennessee storm, and they're coming home a wounded animal. Thank God the Raiders are playing this Tennessee team. Can you imagine if Tennessee beat Buffalo? No need to panic, but it's a must win. Derek Carr has to play great. Not good. He's got to play great. And I'd be damned if I'm going to sit by and watch my team go to Tennessee and get haunted by that Tannehill effect. JT the Brick. Raiders got to beat the Titans. They've got to now jump all over Tennessee and take Tennessee's will away. That's hard to do on the road. I think Tennessee's got much more problems than the Raiders. I mean, you're 0-2, you don't throw away the season. Come on, you got 15 games left. The Raiders have 15 games left. But you got to win in Tennessee. Got to win in Tennessee. Must win in Tennessee. And now, here's JT the Brick. Hey, good to have you, JT, with you as we begin today in preparation for the Tennessee Titans. Coming up this weekend in Nashville, I'll be on the road with the Raiders heading out on Friday. So a lot we got to get in here the next couple of shows. So looking forward to hearing from the Raider Nation as the Raiders try to get off the snide and get their first win of the year going up against another 0-2 team, the Tennessee Titans. Hey, uh, Charles Woodson is back with us with his whiskey, his bourbon whiskey. We're thrilled for that. So texting back and forth with Charles and his people. So Charles Woodson back for another year with us, which will give us exclusive interviews with Charles Woodson with his Woodson bourbon whiskey. We welcome back a Charles Woodson on our show. I think we got a really big show coming up today. One of the great offensive linemen in Raider history, Steve Wisniewski, the Wiz Zone, will join us here at the bottom of the hour. We'll get his opinion on how do you stabilize an offensive line when an offensive line's going through a bit of a bumpy road. Insider Vinny Bonsignor will join us, as he does on every Wednesday. Looking forward to talking to Vinny. Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox, an NFL broadcaster at the highest level. Looking forward to Chris coming on with the show. And Bill Williamson, one of the longest-tenured Raider insiders, been covering the Raiders literally as long as anybody I know. So that's a good, solid four-guest Plus your phone calls at 702-365-9200. PT's fuels the monologue, so jump on in. Head to PT's from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. If you like the game at the bar, you want good food, good drink specials. My friends at PT's have you all lined up. So I want to jump into Tennessee today because they're a train wreck. I don't think the Raiders are a train wreck, but they have the same record. See, the problem here is when you're 0-2, you get lumped into this category that you can't win a game. You're in trouble. The sky is falling. And that's fair. You got to win a game. You know, Bill Parcell said you are what your record is. So you got to win a game. But the Raiders don't have the background noise of Denver that has a win because they're literally trying to run that coach out of town. I mean, that coach, Nate Hackett, has been a mess with timeouts, clock management. Everybody's looking around the league nationally going, holy cow, what's going on in Denver? Mike Vrabel. I was on the radio in Tennessee earlier today. They had me on as a guest for the Raiders. And they're a mess right now with their issues. And people are asking Mike Vrabel already to make changes on his coaching staff, which I think is outlandish and crazy. And the Raiders, everything is pretty quiet other than the fact that they collapsed in a game that led them to 0-2 instead of 1-1. And that's a big deal. Can't spin out of that one, man. Can't spin out of that one. You lose to Kyler Murray the way you do. You got you to gotta take the pain, as Tom Berenger said in the movie Platoon. Take the pain. And the Raiders are. Fan on fan, trash talking, all, you know, sky is falling and all that. And I have a degree in that here, so I can handle that. But it's tough times now. The Raiders need a win. But the Raiders lost to the Chargers when they had the ball with four minutes to go, an opportunity to win that game. 
and they should have crushed Arizona. And that's what's really bothering the media around the league is that the Raiders could allow a game like that to get away, not only at home, but the home opener, considering Arizona looked like trash their first week against Kansas City. So until the Raiders win a game, the Raiders are going to have to deal with that background noise for a while. But they, there's a couple of teams around the league that have big problems. I'll give you another one, San Francisco. Uh, Wolves are at the door. I just talked to a good friend who was a radio host up there, and they say they are quote-unquote killing Kyle Shanahan on the radio up there because of the situation they put him in with Trey Lance, giving up three first-round picks when everything was good with Jimmy G, and luckily they got Jimmy G. And he's getting a lot of heat up there for a team that is one and one and looks to be a playoff team. So around the league, there's just a lot of noise when you're 0-2, or you have problems with your coach and all of that. I don't sense that with the Raiders. I don't think that's going to be an issue. Josh McDaniels is a damn good football coach with six Super Bowl rings under the Belichick tree. He's coached himself out of big, tough predicaments. And we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But there's more pressure mounting around the Raiders to get a win. So they're going up against the Tennessee Titans. And Tennessee is playing so badly And I don't know who's going to win the game. I'm not here to make predictions. I want the Raiders to win. You know that. But I don't think you could have played Tennessee coming up this weekend with them playing this badly in a decade. I really really believe that. In the Ryan Tannehill era, this is probably the least momentum they've ever had going into a game. The stats are alarming. I mean, they are freaking out in Nashville. Derrick Henry ran for 1.9 yards a carry on 13 attempts for 25 yards against Buffalo. Jeffrey Simmons didn't register a tackle or a sack in the game. He had one tip pass. Ryan Tannehill was 11 of 20 for 117 yards and two interceptions, and he was benched in the game. And they're injured. They have injuries that they're dealing with, and they've been banged up. They're really banged up heading into this game. So, look, that, that, that could affect the outcome or not. Raiders, I think, I, I, I'm one of the few to say this, and we'll have Vinny on later. I believe the Raiders lost the game because they didn't have Denzel Perryman. And we'll wait for the injury report this week. we got a couple other shows. But if Denzel Perryman's there, and he's not, he wasn't there. But if he is there, there's no way Kyler Murray gets it fourth down, fourth down, two-point conversion, two-point conversion, first down, for, no, no way. Denzel Perryman would have made a play. And then Trayvon Merrick on the back end on that great throw, couple of throws into the end zone. I think Trayvon Merrick playing in the back of the end zone deflects the ball. I'm not predicting an interception, but, you know, Titans got injuries, Raiders got injuries, and it was the perfect fail for the Raiders as everything fell apart and they lost the game. So they get a Titans team that is really getting heat. I mean, real heat within the organization, around that organization. And Mike Vrabel's a tough guy, but I was checking out his press conferences I was on Monday night after they lost to Buffalo, and I I kind of follow Paul Kuharski, and I I look at his website, and he has a lot of video of their coach, and their coach, Mike Vrabel, just looks like, you know, it's week 17, and they're out of the playoffs by 10 games. He just looks worn out because the press is just hammering him there. I don't see that with Josh McDaniels. He comes into the press conference and asks the questions. It sucks that they're 0-2, but he's here long term to try to take the Raiders to a different level, and it hasn't started off ideally, to say the least. But I believe in him. I believe that Josh McDaniels is a really good football coach, and he's got a good staff, 
and they got a really good GM. Uh, they signed an offensive lineman today. We'll talk about that with Vinny Bonsignor and see if that brings in basically depth as the Raiders traded for Patriots tackle Justin Heron, who comes in here, and we'll see what he can do. I mean, he's not a starter. He's not a guy who plays a lot, but he's a depth position. And this goes back to the Raiders' depth on the offensive line because Alex Leatherwood was an epic fail and hopefully isn't a fail the rest of his career, but Alex Leatherwood came in and he played so poorly that not only did the Raiders lose a starter at right tackle, they lost a potential starter at right guard and really got nothing for him. And now the depth took a hit as they're 0-2, and they got to bring in more bodies. So we knew that was coming. But, you know, this, this offensive line is going to be a work in progress. And I thought they played okay. I thought the offensive line did a decent job protecting Derek in that last game. You know, Derek was rushed. Derek made some fast throws in that game. You know, Derek's been sacked, you know, the first game. If you look at the sacks overall, you know, Khalil Mack got him three times. He's got three interceptions, uh, the seven sacks on the year here. You know, they got to clean that up, and I thought they did a better job cleaning that portion up against uh, Arizona. It was the defense that was on the field too long, and those guys were gassed, and they didn't get much of a pass rush. So that's where we are. Field Yates, I was watching this on TV, and I caught it. On social media, Field Yates of ESPN talking about the fantasy aspects of the Titans and how poorly they're playing. The secret sauce for Derrick Henry, beyond the fact that he's an alien, is that this team was going to run the football at an extremely heavy rate, which they're still doing when they're in neutral game script situations, right? When they're playing with a lead uh, or, or or tied Has or that happened behind. This year yet? Not much recently. Over the past six quarters, they have been blown out. But last year... Derrick Henry averaged nearly 27.5 carries per game, right? Elite volume, which was afforded by the fact that A, he's Derrick Henry. B, they were better last year offensively than the show right now. And C, defensively, they were better too. And they've got so many injuries already on both sides of the ball, which piled up again last night that makes me a little bit nervous here because you need Derrick Henry to be volume heavy as a runner because through two games, he has one target, zero catches, which... He's never been he's Christian never been McCaffrey. The, yeah, he's not the, he's not the huge year. pass catcher. Yeah. But the, he uh, to me, I just felt like he was in traffic all the time. There yeah. was nowhere for him to run. Taylor Luan goes out at the very beginning of yep. the game. It's a mess up front. Yep. And basically, they knew what they could. The Bills defense is the Bills defense. I mm-hmm. get it. But, you know, and their front seven, incredibly strong. But they knew exactly what they could do against Tennessee. And they executed it perfectly. It was the, the whole thing was a disaster. Derrick Henry needs help from the rest of this team, too. He because does. He's getting meat in the backfield, I feel like, before he's even able to get to the line of scrimmage, right? Yeah, so I guess the saving grace here, and I was looking ahead at the schedule, which is a little bit of a difficult thing to do in general because things it's still week two. We don't know exactly what everybody is, but if you look ahead to their schedule, the saving grace might be the division they play in, right? It might yeah. be that they can hang tougher against Indianapolis and the, and, and the Texans and, and, and the Jaguars, right? right? Those games Maybe. might start to lead to better rhythm for Derrick Henry and the team to sort of build this mojo back. But they play the Raiders this week. They've got the Chiefs, I think, in yeah, three games after this. So you might have a couple of games where if they're getting waxed, you're just not going to see Derrick Henry on the field as much. I've got him as RB10 for week three because I do think the the Raiders, even though they have not been perfect so far, will be able to move the ball through the air against the Titans. Boom. There was a lot there. So I, I want to play that, Bobby. Remind me to play that next hour, too. So what, what was said there? 
what was said there is that Derrick Henry hasn't got going. He cannot get going against the Raiders in a home game in Nashville. Do we get that? He hasn't got going yet. Derrick Henry's played two games. He's had 34 carries for 107 total yards. That's 3.1 a carry. His longest run's been 18 yards. He's averaging 53.5 yards a game, one touchdown. You couldn't dream of playing this guy than playing him right now. They are a mess up front with injuries. Terrell Lewan was back at practice today in the locker room. I don't know what his status is going to be, but they're a mess up front. But Buffalo's defense was great. They were in the backfield slowing him down. That's why the injury report is so important with Perryman and what's going to happen in the interior defensive line and how these tackles for the Raiders need to show up for this game. This is the game where if you're a defensive tackle, you have got to show up for this game. The one game on the schedule, I mean, there's a bunch of games, but this is the one, if you're Patrick Graham, you've got to have a meeting with your defensive tackles and go, listen here, guys, this is the guy that I need you to tackle at the line of scrimmage, and we better not hope that our safeties and our cornerbacks have to come in and tackle this guy or we're screwed. So they're a problem there. They're terrible in pass defense. Hello, Derek, here we go. You're facing a defense here in the secondary that is banged up, not very good. You heard Field Yates there from ESPN talking about it, that the Raiders are really good in the air when they get going, and the Raiders will have a matchup advantage there. So with everything that's happening there with the Titans, you're catching the Titans at the right time on paper, but you don't win football games on paper. You can't fumble the ball. You can't get sacked. You got to do all the right things. So the Raiders, you know, we're talking about a Titan team that consistently could be a 12-5 and team, not this year. They're 0-2 like the Raiders, but the Raiders look to be in a better situation going into this game. Now, unfortunately, the game's on the road. It's not in Las Vegas. Maybe the Raiders need to get out of Las Vegas and go win a game on the road to kind of kickstart this season. But you're getting a team here that really struggles. They have one receiver, Burks, in two games, so has only seven receptions for 102 total yards. When you look at this, and their, their wide receivers combined don't have a touchdown. Let me repeat that. They got a running back who's got two touchdowns. And Hilliard, they don't have a wide receiver with a touchdown. And you know that A.J. Brown is gone. And they don't have the receivers that they used to have. So hopefully that helps the Raiders. So they don't have a great passing game. Tannehill's a bleeping mess. You want some Tannehill stats to start the day? Ryan Tannehill, two games. Completion percentage, 58.5. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. He's been sacked three times. He's got a quarterback rating of 77.8. So the running back's done nothing this year in Derrick Henry. He's an MVP candidate last couple of years. Tannehill is looking over his shoulder because Malik Willis is the quarterback of the future. And if he loses the next couple of games, they're going to go with Malik Willis. They're not going to do it now, but they'll go with him eventually. They have a really tough time with uh, the passing defense, and they got injuries. So with all of that there, the Raiders have a really good chance to win this game if they don't screw it up. That's it. I mean, that's, that's my analysis. Go win the game. Be the better team. You're the better team on paper. You got better players. You got a better roster. Go win the game. Don't screw it up. They screwed up the last game. They had a 20 nothing lead. They screwed it up. They ended up doing a lot of things wrong, and they ended up losing the game. So we need the Raiders to play a really strong game on the road, 
But the Tennessee Titans are going to have that come to Jesus moment everybody talks about. Do you know what you know what the Titans locker room is going to be like five minutes before they come out of the tunnel? I mean, they are going to be breaking lockers, freaking out, and ready to come out of that tunnel for a war. They're known to be a physical team. The Raiders are not known to be a physical team. They're not. The Raiders aren't known to be a physical team. This isn't Jack Tatum and George Atkinson. This isn't Matt Millen. This isn't Howie Long and Greg Townsend. You know, the Raiders, I'm not saying they're a finesse team, but they better find their physicality quickly. And hopefully they do. And the scheme is good. And they're ready to play. So that's my monologue. I want to know what you think is the key to the game here. We know what the pressure is. We know the record. We know what hasn't happened right. We've covered that intensely from the Charger loss to Arizona. We spent two days on Arizona. Short week for us as we're leaving Friday. So get on in here and what you think is going to be the key to the game and what you expect the Raiders to do. And who do you expect? The obvious answer is Derek Carr and Max Crosby. But give me another name if you can. Uh, That's my emphasis here as I start the show. Give me a name, offense or defense, that you really believe has to dictate the victory. Who is that player? Give me one. I don't want six. I want one player from the Raider Nation that you believe will lead that team to a win and have a big game and set the tone. Set the tone is what I'm looking for. 702-365-9200. Raiders have caught a break, man. They're 0-2. They caught two really big breaks early in the season. They played an Arizona team that looked checked out after getting blown out by Kansas City and down 20 nothing. I can't make it any easier for you than that. Kansas City humiliated Arizona. Arizona was humiliated in the first half, and they won a miracle game that's going to go down in Arizona history. It's the greatest comeback in regular season history. Damn, that didn't need to happen. And now you're playing a Titan team that shouldn't be able to put up 40, shouldn't be able to do this. They can. Anybody could have a big game. But the Raiders catch a team on paper that you'd like to catch when you're looking for your first win. And maybe, maybe Mike Vrabel's saying the same thing. Maybe Vrabel's saying the same thing in Nashville. Hey, man, we're getting the Raiders at 0-2. They'll screw it up if we stay in the game long enough. Let's stay in the game and win the game late. I don't know what his message is going to be. So this is an important game. It's really important. I don't look too far ahead. You can't when you're 0-2, right? You can't. But if the Raiders win this game, we'll all be back at Allegiant Stadium, the majority of us, looking to beat a messed up team in Denver that's got big problems and the Raiders can be 2-2. Two and two. If they lose this game and come home again, the season's absolutely in trouble. You know it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. So this is a massive game. I thought the Raiders would be 1-1 one one coming into this game. I thought the Titans would be 1-1. One one. I mean, everybody had the Titans losing to Buffalo. No one had the Titans beating Buffalo, but they got blown out. They got blown out, and it's really affecting this team now because of the media, the fans. Everybody is really concerned about the Titans. There's a quarterback change that's about to happen if Tannehill doesn't win. They don't have a lot of great players on offense like they've had over the past. They're injured. They don't have a good passing defense. I mean, come on, Raiders. Come on, Derek. This is the type of game. Step up. And also, uh, I'm, I'm looking for the player that's going to have the big game. But also, I'd like to get your opinion on what Derek needs to do in this game stat-wise. Call me up and tell me exactly how many touchdowns, how many yards. That's it. 
I'll go first. 325, minimum of three touchdowns. I need 11 points out of Carlson, right? Do, do the 11 with me. I need three field goals. That gives me nine. And I need three touchdowns with three extra points to get me to 12. So something between 10 and 12 points I need from Carlson. Carlson's going to have to make a kick in this game, and I'm very confident he could do it. So that's the monologue as we wait for you to wake up and we wait for this team to wake up and win a game. And I hopefully they will, and they'll be ready to go. Hey, last night uh, I had a really cool experience in radio, kind of radio geek stuff here. If you, you give me a second, Aaron Judge hit a 60th home run for the Yankees. I was on the air live when it happened, and my producers and I decided to go to it live, which is kind of not easy to do in radio. We had to time up the breaks and commercials and updates, and he came to the plate, and we took me off the air, and then we went to this, and this is in the ninth inning, thinking there was a chance we could catch history on the radio. Here's how it sounded last night. Here's the 3-1. Swung on that. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. He's tied the babe. It's a judgy and blast. His 60th home run of the year. Wow. All right. Here comes the judge. Yes, we pulled it off. The judge's home run, and you heard it live on Mad Dog Sports Radio, courtesy of Yankees baseball. We waited around. We talked about it all day. Hey, we took a chance, and we got it for you, everybody. That pumps the hell out of me. All rise for the judge. Aaron Judge just tied Babe Ruth in the Bronx for 60 home runs. Congratulations to the judge. Next stop, Roger Maris as we gave it to you live on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Yeah, it was fun. So we were part of that last night. That was pretty cool to watch that. He's getting a lot of press there today. Aaron Judge hitting 60. Uh, we're a football show with the Raiders, but there's other sports happening here right now. So that's it. like to hear from you. We got Steve Wisniewski at the bottom of the hour, Bill Williamson, Vinny Bonsignor, Chris Myers. I can get you on the radio before Wiz at the bottom of the hour, 702 365 9200 brought to you by our great friends at Resorts World, home of Doghouse Saloon, home of Eight Cigar Lounge, home of Zook Nightclub, and home of the Red Tail, where you can go to Red Tail and get line privileges to get into the biggest super nightclub in the country, Zook. It's all there at Resorts World as we open up the show. All right, let's get out to St. Louis. Alan St. Louis. Thank God my radio show's not just on in Vegas. We're on in St. Louis. Hello, Al. How are you? Wonderful, my man. It's uh, Big Al from the STL. I was out. I called into you. I uh, came to my first Vegas Raider game from St. Louis. I'm in the middle of Chief territory. Chief Chiefs suck. Representing the silver and black every day of my life. Um, heck of a stadium. I took the tour. The game was not, not as good as I wanted it to be, and I got a bruised hand to prove it. But what I need is Darren Waller time, and I'm an old tight end. We're like you, you guys out in uh, Vegas. On every corner, there's a 7-Eleven because old tight ends were always open, Jay. So we need Waller about three uh, catches, maybe two touchdowns, some blocks down the field. And Derek, just do what you got to do, baby. Bless, I don't know what I don't know. You're getting mm-hmm. you know stars in your eyes or whatever, but Devontae's there. Everybody's there to go out and play your game, and we'll we will win. And I'm thinking about going to Tennessee because I want to see the first win of the season. And sadly, I didn't get to see it there. I'm with okay. you to Jay Lot. 
and I kicked it with you guys, and there ain't nobody bring it like Raider Nation, Jay. And it's an honor to talk to you, and I will be tuned in and calling in all the time from back here in the STL. Thanks for the call. Boys. Appreciate Lewis it. Goes to 700. Thank you. You know, Waller plays a big role here because the middle of the field should be opened up in this game. The middle of the field needs to be open in this game. And when you look at the Titans' defense, the Titans' defense is really struggling. The Titans are giving up, let me get the exact number here, 400, 404 yards a game. Raiders at 384. When it comes to uh, yards overall, rushing yards. Here's the big one because of Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs in this game. Uh, Tennessee, the Raiders are giving up 109 on the ground coming in, which isn't bad. And I look at the Titans, they're giving up 170, 170 on the ground. Feel like a Josh game? Raiders are giving up 26.5 a game. The Titans, 31 as we open up the show here. So a lot to get to there. When we come back, one of my favorites just named, just named as Hall of Fame consideration, Steve Wisniewski. I'd like to say one of the most, one of the toughest and best human beings I know. The guy was nasty, a mauler, his physicality, second to none. With all the great offensive linemen in Raider history, and now his brain and what he does in the markets, a really sharp guy. We'll do a deep dive with Wiz on how this Raider offensive line's got to get going. A.J. Green in motion right to left. Murray, snap, just like you called it. He's rolling out to his right, throws it to the end zone for Ertz, bobbles it out of bounds, incomplete. It was a bootleg to the right. Nate Hobbs had the coverage, did not let Ertz get out of bounds. And it'll be a turnover on down. Turnover on downs, you need that, but the Raiders couldn't capitalize on it. JT back with you. When we talk to our legends, it's brought to you by M Resort Spawn Casino, where we do the road games on the road. I'll be in Nashville with the team broadcasting from the broadcast booth. Eric Allen will be at M Resort uh, hosting with me, and we'll have the pre- and post-game coming up uh, this Sunday. It's a pleasure to welcome in Steve Wisniewski, one of the great Raiders of all time, one of the great offensive linemen to ever play, the eight-time Pro Bowler, the two-time first-team All-Pro, a member of the 1990s All-Decade team, uh, played in 206 games and started them all and just named again as a Hall of Fame candidate for this upcoming year. Wiz, how you been? Good to see you a couple weeks ago. JT, always a pleasure to be with you. You are such a professional, and uh, I love coming on your show. Love talking Raider football. We need you, man. We need you. Owen, too. want to ask you about the offensive line. They gave up on Leatherwood. They moved on from him. The new regime thought that. Now they're trying to get bodies lined up here. They've used seven guys at times. They brought in a new uh, tackle today for depth. What is it like, Wiz, because you were one of the all-time greats when you're trying to get that offensive line worked out and getting that chemistry going early in the season? Yeah, you just touched on it. It's chemistry. It's how does one guy work with the rest. And I was out there this weekend. Man, it was like a Mardi Gras atmosphere in Vegas. We all had such a great time until the very last play of that game. But uh, I watched the O-line close, man, and they're working hard. 
So I know we don't have all the all-star players on there, but uh, I like what I see. These guys are working hard. They're not going to settle with status quo. Even trading to get another player as they're doing today is a good sign that um, they're not happy with where they're at. Liz Colt Miller seems to be the senior guy in regards to experience in this organization, and he's still a very young player in the league. So take me through your career when you came in as a young player, highly touted, and who did you lean on for that offensive line to kind of help take you under the wing so you could have chemistry early in your career? Yeah, you know, uh, most people don't realize this, but this is kind of a learned apprenticeship. No one really comes into the league really knowing how to be a premier player or um, to be a class of the league. There's such a step up, JT. So when I got there, uh, seven or eight-year vet Don Mosbar had been there, and he really took me under uh, his wing. And I actually learned a lot from uh, watching and, and talking and training with Howie Long. I had that defensive mindset, and he was a defensive lineman, mm-hmm. but I learned a lot from him. Uh, Max Montoya was a 13-year vet, and he came to the Raiders the next year. And I think I, I learned every trick in the book from Max Montoya. And uh, we're still f- friends to this day. But I was fortunate to uh, be around many true professionals, guys who just approached the game with a passion. They were smart. They studied. No one was going to outwork them. And uh, we were out there before practice every day. We were out there after practice every day. And it was just the mindset that, hey, we want to be true professionals and, and the best at what we do. Steve Wisniewski is our guest. Wiz, I want to follow up. I love what you said about the defensive mentality and how we long. And, you know, Max Crosby seems to be that guy now, a veteran, and Chandler Jones, who hasn't had a big game yet. We're waiting on that. But offensive linemen practice against defensive linemen. And, and that's cool. I like what you just said there, that maybe a defensive player who's thought of as a great leader on that team could help some of the offensive linemen, not in the meeting room, they're in different meeting rooms, but out on the practice field. Yeah, absolutely. And we had that mindset back then that we were all going to push each other. It was like game day to me as a rookie going against Howie Long, and I was running scout team practice and taking first team practice uh, reps. But it was like my game day, and he used to laugh about it. But I would literally try to kill Howie, and he would literally make me look (laughs) foolish. I mean, at night I was crying myself. I was just so damn frustrated. Uh, But he, he, he got me better, and I loved his intensity. And think about it. You know, people give me a compliment. They say I play to the whistle blue, and not as many offensive linemen do that in the league. But did you ever not see Howie Long play to the whistle blue? Like a defensive player doesn't, like him doesn't just stand around and watch things happen. So I love the intensity that Max Crosby brings. He, uh, he infects the team with that and that intensity. I love it. And I love to see anybody from anywhere – as long as they give you all they got and they play to the whistle blows, what more can you possibly ask? Steve Wisniewski, kind enough to join us. So, Wiz, what about the years when you do start off slow? And doubt, I don't think there's any doubt in this organization now. I know these players, and they love it here, and you know they're off to their snake bit in that game against Arizona. you got to put it behind you. Well, what's it like? You're a leader, a former captain. When you get off to a slow start early in the season – you know you got 14, 15 games left, and you want to calm everyone down and just go out there and get the first win. Yeah, absolutely, JT. You can't overreact. And you see what people are made of when times are tough. It was dead silent in that stadium after that last play. And talk about offensive line. I was there in the alumni suite, and I was next to Barry Sims, uh, Kevin Gogan, 
uh, Richie Incognito and Donald Penn. And we were joking like, damn, we've got a pretty good line for the seniors division right here. <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, what can we do? We, we, we just said, hey, it's 0-2. We're going to get better. We're not going to give up. And, and uh, all you can do is everyone's got to do their job a little better and play 60 minutes. There was plenty to like about the last two performances. There really was. And uh, so they need to shut the door and finish 60 minutes. Uh, Kyler Murray looked like Superman out there. That was one very special performance. But um, I have no doubt that the Raiders are not going to lay, lay down. There's no quitting this team. You know, Wiz, I like you said that I had Donald Penn on with me on the post-game show, and he told me that. You guys were all sitting together, and when you're a big old nasty, your bunch got the old nasties there, the offensive linemen, and you see the game, and you could just tell Kyler Murray was just getting on a roll. The thing that concerned me the most is the Raiders went back, and they couldn't sustain any drives. They couldn't get much going there. They, I don't want to say abandoned the run, but... I was surprised there were four wide, and Derek, even up with the score there, they were trying to go through the passing attack and the scheme there in a, a three and out. What is that like as an offensive lineman that you wait, 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 and then you come out there and there's a three and out, and you get back to the bench and you're looking at each other? What are those conversations like? Yeah, you know, it really does get frustrating. You hate to see your punter be the most, you know, exhausted player on the on the field. Um three and out you just don't get to get in a rhythm and you just keep feeling like all I'm doing is sitting here in my cold sweat you got to keep getting loose and stretching and you just don't feel like you get in a sink for the game so it is very frustrating and then of course when you're going three and out that means your defense is, is dog ass tired that means that they're playing way too many reps I always love that uh, you know if we didn't need our punter and if our defense was on the bench we were doing something right so it's frustrating. I'm sure every guy in that offensive meeting room is frustrated, and all you can do is ask yourself this, what can I do better? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, on the offensive line, there's plenty of things that they can work on. Uh, but, again, no, no room for panic. Uh, I like what I saw. Uh, there was no quit. Everyone's doing their very best, and I think this team's going to get better. Steve Wisniewski, as we wrap it up. So, Liz, I know we talk business. I'm a former stockbroker. You're into investments here. What else are you doing in your life here with your family, your faith, uh, your businesses? I know you're really active, and we're always thrilled when we get you out here on a trip to Vegas. We want to keep you out here longer before you get on that plane and go back home. Hey, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be out there. I help uh, my fiance run a um, an online clothing business, JT. It's called mm-hmm. Barlow and Browning. It's on uh, Instagram, but uh, Barlow and Browning. She's online clothing. Uh, I do a lot of my own investing, and I help former teammates. I don't get, I don't charge a dime. I'm not a financial advisor. Not making money off of anybody, but uh, I, I'm passionate about that. And I do love Raider football. I tell you what, this. This time of year makes me smile. I'm one of those guys who loves a, a, a Sunday game, a Monday game, a Thursday game in college on Saturday. You know, so it, uh, it, it gives me something to root for. And I think we all need that right now in this uh, environment. So talking to you is fabulous. And um, being out there in Vegas when I've been asked to, it's all family. I had a chance to visit with Freddie Bolitnikoff and, mm-hmm. and uh, Jim Otto on this last trip. And, and those players I just mentioned – so it's great to be around family, and uh, boy, I'm, I'm very positive. I'm very encouraged from what I see. This season is just getting started. Thanks, Wiz. We needed you today, man. Everything's got, you know, teams looking for a win. 
team wants the fans want to hear from a legend like you. You're very positive. You can put a lot of perspective into what the team's going through when you were just out here at the last game. I'll talk to you soon off the air, and uh, all the best. Thanks for coming on. We'd love to have you on a few times a year. Thank you. Anytime, JT. Thank you so much. You're a pro. You got it. Steve Wisniewski. Really enjoy him. Uh, one of the big blessings in my life is to get to know these guys and build friendships with them. And you know, I get up uh, every day before 630 to watch the market and invest from time to time. And Wiz is up, too. And we'll send a text or an email and all that. And he's just one of the – again, I want to make that point. I wasn't around for Lyle Alcedo. You know, I, I didn't know how he well. I know his son great. And I, you think it was Snooski, and what a badass he was. Finished to the whistle. And how players just wanted to fight him. And he protected the quarterback and the team. And just how vicious he was. And then you meet him in real life. And you get to know him. And he's the total, consummate, amazing human being. Polite. Nice to all the fans. He's just a special person. And again, he's got the qualifications for the Hall of Fame. He really does. If you look at the Pro Bowls, the eight Pro Bowls. The all-decade team, in order to get into the Hall of Fame, you have to be a member, and there have been players who have not been because of the depth of that position. He's a member of the 1990s all-decade team at guard. That's important, and he should be in the Hall of Fame. Shane Leckler was announced in this potential upcoming class. Shane Leckler could go in very early here, which would be nice to see. Eric Allen, my partner on the pregame show, and then a whole other array of Raiders, the senior category, when we talk about Phil Villapiano, George Atkinson, our friends, Jim Plunkett, Lester Hayes, and all of that. But in the modern era, I've always considered him a Hall of Famer. I'm following Deshaun Reed and all of our insiders. We have Vinny coming up later. Deshaun Reed tweeted today, Raiders have been rotating Illuminor and Thayer Mumford. Perhaps Heron enters the mix, or it could be just for depth purposes. And also looking at some of these uh, tweets from earlier today, uh, because we're, I'll be out there tomorrow. We have the coaches interview tomorrow. Uh, looking at some of the other people that are at Hunter Renfro, not out there today, uh, according to Deshaun Reed. And I'm going through the list of the players who were not available today as we wait on an injury report. And we'll get that a little bit later on. I know Q will be talking about it. Deshaun Reed, Brandon Bolden is back at practice. I don't see Andre James concussion or Hunter Renfro concussion. Trayvon Merrick hip, Denzel Perryman ankle, Bilal Nichols shoulder aren't out here. Merrick and Perryman missed last week. Nichols got hurt late against the Cardinals. Man, next man up. Bill Williamson joins us, a great insider. He's coming up next. It's the NFL, you know what I mean? And, and that's what makes it the greatest league in the world. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've, we've played two close games to start the season, and that's not abnormal. You know, this league is about close games. And who executes well at the end uh, usually uh, give themselves a better chance to win, you know. And so, um, you know, it's not surprising that those two games have been tight. You know, it was two good opponents. We'll play another one this week coming up. So they're all that way. And, um, you know, it requires you to do hard things well under pressure if you want to win in this league, and that's what we're going to focus on trying to do better. Depending on where we're at in the show, we'll play Josh McDaniels or a portion of his press conference from earlier today. JT, back with you. I'm going through some old videos and photos 
from the last game as I bring in Bill Williamson. And Bill, the longtime Raider insider, Bill, I'm deleting I'm deleting a lot of the videos I had, which I thought were going to be the last play of the game, and Kyler Murray would run on a fourth down conversion or run for a touchdown or run for or throw for a two-point conversion. Bill, have you ever seen anything like that? I didn't know this was the Raiders' biggest blown lead in Raider history. When did you figure that out? Yeah, well, you know, you saw some tweets right after the game. Talking about deleting, J.D., yeah, that's what I was doing from about 4 to 4.30 um, on, uh, on Sunday. You know, it's amazing because, as you know, this team hasn't had many comfortable victories. So it was a real kind of a weird, different experience for me as I'm writing my, my initial story that has to be published as soon as the coaches shake hands, and then I, get to, I have to do a, a follow-up column. And I was actually ahead on the column. Well, delete, 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 delete. Yeah, have I ever seen anything like this? You know, the NFL was becoming this way. And there were three wild, wild games on Sunday, and the Raiders were one of them. Um, But, yeah, if if you look at the sheer history, the Raiders have never lost a game like that. That's the most, that's the highest only they've ever given up 20 points. They've never lost by leading by 16 points in the fourth quarter. And it was only, I believe, the fifth time in NFL history a team blew a 20-0 to halftime lead. So it was certainly historic. Bill Williamson joins us. You know, Bill, I want to move on because we spent enough time talking about this loss. You got a lot, a lot of national attention. I'm looking at Derrick Henry, and it doesn't add up. You see his workouts in the offseason and the squats and what he's doing, jumping on boxes with weight belts. We know if he's healthy, he is a beast. But what's happening, it seems to me, is he can't get to the line of scrimmage. He played Buffalo, and Buffalo comes at you in waves. And the Giants, the Giants aren't a very good team, and they lost to them. They can't get him going. What do you see coming into this matchup against the Raiders? We know the Raiders are going to have to gang tackle and be really strong at the point of attack. What do you think will be the philosophy of the Titans to run it with him or let Tannehill try to win the game with his arm? Yeah, I think you still got to go with uh, you got to go with Henry if you're the Titans, and you know if this is a problem, it's going to be something that we're going to learn about in the next five six weeks. It's going to be a long time trend, so I don't know if that's an issue. If he's suddenly lost it, 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 it wouldn't make sense. You know, you know, as cold games is you know, especially in the running game, sometimes you have to abandon it, and and they. And they felt they got buzzsawed in Buffalo. And, you know, so you're not trying to, you, you're losing 24 7 all of a sudden. You're not trying to run your way back into that game. So mm-hmm. I would think, long story short, that that would be their, their plan of attack is to get him going against the Raiders early. And, you know, we'll see Nichols isn't out of practice today. So that, you know, that hurts the Raiders, uh, at, you know, run attack a little bit. So um, mm-hmm. I, I think that the. If the Titans win this game on Sunday, Derrick Henry will be a, a big part of that storyline. Well, Bill Williamson covers the Las Vegas Raiders for SB Nation. 26 straight seasons covering the NFL. And, Bill, I just think the team snake bit, and that can end at any time. It's a good football team, a good coach. Patrick Graham, widely considered a really good defensive coordinator, and they should be sitting at one and one. No woulda, coulda, shoulda. They should be one and one, and there'd be no noise, no background noise. Everyone around the league would be like, that's where the Raiders should be. Chargers are one and one, Denver's one and one, Raiders are one and one, but they're 0 and 2, and they need a win in a big way. 
What do you think the message needs to be inside that locker room as they come out? Because you don't want to play with too much pressure, but they put themselves in that position being 0-2. Yeah, you know, they know this. They don't, I don't think they, they need any rah-rah speeches. Um, I think the, the sting and the stink of that Cardinal loss is, is what's got to be addressed this week and, and shaking it off and, and moving on and not really worrying about the magnitude of possibly going 0-3. Um, but, you know, if they get to 0-3, yeah, then it's, it's a big problem. But the Titans are in the exact same boat. They're both playoff teams. There's three AFC playoff teams. I think there's five teams overall that are 0-2, and three of them were AFC playoff teams last year with the Bengals being the other. So, yeah, it's, uh, there is a lot of pressure, but I don't know if they need to talk about it much because they know it. Now, if they go to 0-3, whether it's Raiders, Bengals, or Titans, then, you know, then it gets really tight in, the, in that coach's meeting room next week. But if the Raiders win this week, it's still not, it's not ideal, but it's, the season's not lost. If they do lose, it's hard to say that the season's not lost. So, Mm-hmm. why think about that too much this week? Just go win the game and figure it out from there. Bill Williamson joins us. Bill, your analysis of Carr after two games, and I'm asking specifically because you've seen them all, pocket presence. I, I, I'm not seeing any running. He's got to run, Bill. He's got to run for a select first down or two in a game. One first down run on a third and six, third and four. They win the game against Arizona. I'm not looking him to run on every play, but do you see a point where Derek is going to flip the switch and start running hard and critical and getting out of bounds and trying to inspire staying on the field? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's going to be in certain situations. I mean, I wouldn't say he was, you know, a major runner anyways. It was always in situations. So we'll see the season's young. Um you know, he looked good for that half. They all looked good for that half against mm. the Cardinals. Uh, overall, it's been a little blah, a little bit. He's been inaccurate a lot, and that's been unusual. Um, you know, he got lucky in the second-to-last play of the game. There's just, there hasn't been a lot of rhythm offensively, consistently, and maybe that's rust. Maybe that's still figuring out. You know, everybody figuring out each other. I mean, the Raiders got a lot of weapons, and it seems like they just don't know how to approach that quite yet. So I think that will be a work in progress. Again, if they win this week, that the Raiders are going to get better as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. But if you're 0-3... It's you know it's really tough to get out of that hole. Yeah, so you 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 you, you, you yeah so you could important. excuse me you could say that I can I say that and my Twitter blows up that everything's going to happen. <laughs> you as a journalist you've seen it and, and you you know how a season can turn around really quickly here. Uh, Bill Williamson as we wrap it up. Bill from Patrick Graham's eyes as he's looking at this defense. Trayvon Merrick's injured. I don't know when he's coming back, and Perryman is really important. And Diablo had a lot of tackles, and I give the kid credit for being out there and playing, but I just thought Kyler Murray picked them apart and was just throwing a lot of short passes over the middle of the field. And, you know, Diablo was tackling the guy right in front of him, so he mounted a lot of tackles in that game. But I don't want to see this happen again with the Raiders because we always saw it, saw it against Kansas City with the middle of the field is wide open for Travis Kelsey in two weeks and other tight ends there. I really think they have to secure the middle of the field and play a little bit more aggressive. How do you see it? Yeah, again, work in progress. Um, I don't 
I, I don't really worry about injuries too much because everybody has them, you know. So you just got to deal with it. But yeah, I mean, Diablo is a guy who flashed a lot last year, and you know maybe he's taking a little time to adjust to this system. But they have to figure out. I think pass rush is is huge. There has been solid pass rush. We haven't seen the success. I don't think there was much pass rush in the second half against mm-hmm. the um, against the Cardinals. And you know, I mean, yeah. he just took over that game, and they were on the field what fifty nine plays in the second half in an overtime. Um, one thing, and I know you didn't ask this question, but one thing I'm really interested in seeing is with. Uh, Max Crosby's, uh, he's only missed eight defensive snaps this year. Mm-hmm. And last year, Gus Bradley really worked to kind of keep him fresh. Right. You know, I, I think he was over 80% of the snaps just a couple of times last year. And he had a much better year last year than he did in year two, where he was on the field all the time and he, he had those mm-hmm. two injuries and he just wore down. Right. Um, so that's something I think the Raiders need to really keep in mind. That, you know, a fresher Max Crosby is a better Max Crosby. And he gives so much effort, and you know, both mm. the run and against the pass. So it's hard to keep get him off the field. But that's something to watch as the season goes on. Excellent analysis. That's why we have Bill Williamson as one of our insiders. Uh, Bill, we'll talk to you ahead of the Kansas City game. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great week. Thanks, JT. See you. Bill Williamson, really good insider. A calming voice. Man, I need more of that. I have it at home with my wife. For those who know my wife, a calming voice. Steve Wisniewski, a calming voice. Bill Williamson, a calming voice. I guess I'm the only one around here who's nuts. Let's go get a win. I'm going to Nashville. Let me know where you're going to be. I need a bucket of Modelo's Friday when the Raiders land. Let me know where you're going to be in Nashville. I'll buy you Modelo. I'm ready to roll.